Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Next on the Ledger Report, California versus Florida. Tyranny versus liberty, like fighting the Vietnam War politically all over again. I'll explain. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. Sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. But we are where we are, and incentives have long worked, and incentives uh, are indeed what we are advancing here today. It was, in fact, a week ago, a little over a week ago, on Thursday of last week, that we announced a $116.5 million commitment uh, in our totality of incentives coming from the state specifically. Uh, we initiated a program, started last Friday, to encourage people that haven't received one dose shot uh, to get that dose, uh, at least one dose, uh, in order then to make themselves uh, eligible for the announcement today uh, and the prizes that we'll be announcing next Friday. Uh, we encourage people as well to uh, get a vaccine by providing gift cards of a $50 value. Uh, we've got over 343,000 people uh, that uh, have uh, received or are about to receive notification uh, that they uh, not only are eligible, but will receive that gift card after their second dose or uh, more uh, appropriately after that one dose, if indeed they choose the J&J &J vaccine. <laughs> All right, so we got the first five numbers. And again, these are unique numeric identifiers that connect to a name. So they're real winners here, $50,000. Each one of these balls represents $50,000. Uh, check that individuals receive when they get their second shot. Stop the tape. So here we have a carnival barker. The carnival barker governor of the largest state in the union. The carnival barker, Gavin Newsom, who's facing a recall election probably, I'm guessing now in October. By the way, the guy, woman, that she, you can't, I don't know what pronouns to use anymore, but I'm gonna go with the biblical. Okay, so this is a female. Her name is Shirley Weber, who was appointed by this maniac governor to be the secretary of state, now is the overlord of the recall election, is now telling any candidate wishing to run against this maniac that they have to produce their tax returns. <laughs> Where did she get this one? You know, I mean, it's useful information, I suppose. I never really understood that. Who cares about how much money someone makes or doesn't make if they're a candidate for any office. I don't really care. But apparently uh, it's become requisite for President of the United States, as we saw Donald Trump getting hammered over and over and over again for not releasing his tax returns. So the, the Secretary of State 
appointed by the governor, not elected by the people of California, now dictating to anybody who wants to run against the maniac carnival barker in California, trying to coerce people into getting the, not the vaccine, but the jab. It's not a vaccine, ladies and gentlemen, we know this. It's an experimental medical device. He's a carnival barker. So the Secretary of State is now demanding that Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, whatever, he has to produce his tax returns. John Cox, Falconer of, uh, of San Diego, all these people running against this maniac carnival barker now have to produce their tax returns. Somebody's got to challenge that. Hey, Team Cox or Team Jenner, you got to challenge this. I mean, it's stupid. You can't just all of a sudden, in the middle of a recall election, you can't do this. Yet, this is California. This is why I say, if you live in California and you are someone who reveres the United States Constitution and the California Constitution, for that matter, there are a lot of protections in the California Constitution in terms of protecting liberty that are being completely ignored and erased effectively by the liberal Marxists in California. But if you are someone who cares about the Constitution, both the federal and the state Constitution, you live in California, you are fighting effectively a political modern-day version of the Vietnam War. And I will explain this in just a moment. I mean, no disrespect to our Vietnam War veterans, but this is a guerrilla war. And I want to get into that in just a minute because what I want to talk about here, I'm just fresh back from Florida, and I've, over the years, to my national audience and my wonderful folks who, who follow me and have watched my program over the years, I, I've tried to conceal the state in which I live, but I live in California. I'm not going to say where. I've lived in uh, Northern California. I've lived in Southern California. But I was raised in San Francisco, the cauldron of liberalism. And uh, what a cauldron it is. I just read something. They're going to have a tax now, a special tax. in San Only Marxists could think of this, right? What? How could you even think of this? If you drive in a certain area of downtown uh, San Francisco, basically between the Golden Gate Bridge to the north and the Bay Bridge to the east, and then maybe about a mile kind of radius... Uh, between that that sector there and the Embarcadero. It would include Ghirardelli Square. I think it includes Chinatown. You have to pay a $13 tax if you don't live in that small little sector. You know, a lot of people don't realize how small San Francisco is. It's seven miles by seven miles. It's tiny. And the population, ever shrinking, is about 700, 750,000 people. Can't get any bigger than that, really. I mean, you can keep putting up these high-rises... Um, but in the end, the, San Francisco's maxed out. It was maxed out when I was a kid growing up there. But it's maxed out, in a sense, in, from a Marxist perspective as well. And maybe it isn't. I mean, they, they, they continue to um, top themselves, like this tax. So you drive into Chinatown. I think it includes China. Let's just say you're going to the Embarcadero and you're coming from Oakland. You're going to have to pay a $13 tax. <laughs> Now, how are you going to monitor? Now, I know there are ways. We've got, you know, we got satellites. we got these, these transponders and all this stuff. In Florida, you know, I was driving this rental car. I got stuck on these uh, toll roads. There's, there's not a lot of toll roads in Florida. I was on the west coast of Florida. Beautiful. It was just a wonderful experience. To my friends in Florida, thank you. Thank you for preserving liberty. Thank you for preserving your beaches. 
Thank you for having a governor who cares about the United States Constitution. And I want to get into that in just a moment, too. But thank you for being God-fearing patriots. Every one of you, from the waiters, the bartenders, to the folks running hotels, to my friends who opened up their homes to me with open arms. Thank you for just being you. And if you grow up in California, 90% of Californians trash Florida. And I am sick of it. And so I wanted to remind myself, and I wanted to go on a little bit of a, I'll be honest with you, a recon mission to Florida. Because California, when I leave California, and I will leave California, I actually won't be leaving. California has left me. And my daughter doesn't have the perspective. Her generation doesn't have the perspective, the hindsight that that we have, these old people. We grew up in a California that's vastly different than it is today. We grew up in a Reagan California that actually protected liberty and, and actually protected the beaches and actually was a wonderful place to raise a family. But clearly... 40-something years, 50 years later, California is off the constitutional cliffs. And as much as I want to try and repair California, unless like-minded constitutional Californians wake up and realize that even if John Cox gets installed as governor of California, which is not going to happen, even if Caitlin Bruce Jenner gets installed as governor of California, which is probably not going to happen. Even if anybody, even if I am constitutionalist installed as governor of California, it's not going to change anything until you begin fighting this Vietnam-like war, politically speaking, as the Viet Cong fought it. And I'll get into that in just a moment. But I want to remind you, this program is brought to you by a new sponsor, Relief Factor. Please call 833-425-7246. Go to Relief Factor forward slash ledger, and you will get this wonderful opportunity to get these vitamins. I just took some a few hours ago, as a matter of fact. And I had a really severe back injury just a couple weeks ago. And uh, through physical therapy, which I know how to do because I've had a severe chronic injury off and on for 40 years or so. Um, And then taking this, bam, I was back. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I I was crippled. I was getting out of bed like a question mark just a couple weeks ago. And this relief factor helped Helped in the healing process. I'm good. I'm not, I'm not totally repaired because I'm over the age of 30. I've got some permanent scars in my life. But Relief Factor works. It is 100% natural. It's not pills. It's not a medication. You don't need a prescription. It's not some weird bat formula from Wuhan in some lab there. This is, uh, it's got uh, turmeric, for example, in there. It's, a, it's a, uh, a spice that a lot of the Asian cultures use, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, for homeopathic kind of uh, remedies. So I, I highly recommend Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com forward slash ledger. You can go to my website, GrahamLedger.com. There's a link uh, right on there on the homepage. And don't forget MyPillow.com. We have to support uh, Mike Lindell. Also, the 
question on uh, GrahamLedger.com right now. Is the mass exodus, and I want to talk about this too, is the mass exodus of conservative constitutional patriotic Americans from California a good thing? Is it a good thing? It could be a good thing. If, in fact, the people who are leaving are bringing the Constitution with them. If the people who are leaving are bringing this carnival barker and uh, so-called governor of the largest state in the Union and his political principles with them, then it ain't good, obviously, if they're moving to Texas. If they're moving to New York and they're bringing those wacko ideas, it really does. It's a wash, right? We want those people, if they're moving out of California, to go to the blue states. Go ahead, knock yourself out in Illinois. It's a shame. And obviously the problem in Illinois centers upon Chicago. Because outside of Illinois, there's, there's, a, there's a nice mix of people and, and many good constitutionalists. But Chicago is it's, it's gone. But I want to stick to California uh, v. Florida. And what stands out to me... And I gave a, a short talk to a group of patriots uh, in Sarasota, wonderful group, small group, uh, again, open arms, welcoming me, um, know who I am. And I just said, listen, I, I, I think that, you know, Ron DeSantis is a wonderful governor, clearly, right? He, he cares about the Constitution. He cares about this country. And maybe he's positioning himself to run for president one day. Fine. Wonderful. But right now, right now, we have a guy also in Florida who is a former president. You may remember him. He's the 45th president of the United States. His name is Donald Trump. And he needs to run again in 2024. We need Ron DeSantis to stay in Florida. We need him there right now. Florida is a crucial state. We need to protect Florida. We need to protect Texas as well. Um, But... I think right now, you know, I was told when I was in my 20s, I have to earn my stripe as a news anchor. So I had to work my way up, you know, from weekend anchor to five o'clock anchor to the six and 11 anchor, you know, and I did that in a couple different markets, uh, worked weekends in Monterey and then worked to the main 5 p.m. anchor slot. And then same thing in San Diego, had to work I did the mornings, I did the weekends for years, drove me nuts. Working weekends in San Diego back in the 90s was torture because a lot of fun happened. These days, eh, not so much. But especially when you're in your 20s and 30s. And then work my way up to the main anchor slot at uh, KFMB Channel 8 in, in San Diego. So DeSantis certainly is qualified right now. I'm not trying to diminish him. I, I, I mean this no way disrespectfully. But We got a guy who's got a stripe more than him, and his name is Donald Trump. And I want to talk about something just very briefly. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but the shirts are here, okay? This is the Ledger for Trump version, 45, for our folks listening uh, on audio only, 45 apostrophe 24. That's all these shirts are. And this version, there's two versions, has Ledger for Trump underneath it. And on the back of this version is even when I'm wrong, I'm right, which is, of course, my signature sign-off. Now, the other version, which is going to be, I think, more popular, is simply 45 apostrophe 24 on the front and 45 apostrophe 24 on the back. Now, I don't want to tease these too much because they're not for sale at this moment, 
But um, as of, say, I think somewhere maybe around June 20th, uh, in a few days, these will be up on the website and uh, they'll be available for order. And I've been, I sported them this shirt in uh, wearing a prototype in uh, Florida uh, and it got some nice response. And I'm wearing it behind enemy lines in California uh, just to see uh, how many mask wearing people give me that look. And by the way, you know, this Carnival Barker governor, quote, lifted all the mandates, supposedly. And then the OSHA, the Cal OSHA, they call it, the OSHA um, organization, who, by the way, the members are appointed by the governor, said, no, not so fast. We got to make employees wear a mask. That was crazy. And then they finally went back at that and they said, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't such a good idea. (laughs) And so now they're saying, it's just all gobbledygook. It's not based on science. It's based on crap. I said rhetorically, you know, June 15th is a big day. And I have friends who have bought a burn mask. I asked them. What is the difference between June 14th and June 15th? Could you tell me that? This is not based on science. It's based on politics. It always has been. And you know, if you have been watching this program from the beginning, and I'm talking March of 2020, when I said I smelled a rat from the very beginning, you know, you know who was right. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying from the very beginning, as each layer of totalitarian government was put upon us as American citizens, and in particular in these blue states, as Californians or as Illinoisans or as New Yorkers, what have you. And yeah, even in red states, there was mistakes made by these red state governors. Absolutely. Texas Abbott made a bunch of mistakes, but he, you know, he's tried to correct them. I'm talking about the response, the political government response to the Wuhan coronavirus. Yours truly was there every step of the way saying this ain't right. And who was identifying Dr. Fauci as a problem back in March and April of 2020? I said, this guy just, he's not consistent. He doesn't make sense to me. And I was calling for President Trump to fire him back then. Why? I'm not sure why President Trump didn't fire this maniac. Why didn't he fire? You tell me why President Trump didn't fire. I suppose it would have been the brouhaha response. But President Trump's going to be attacked if he says up or down, left or right. If he instituted massive liberal Marxist policies, he still would have been attacked. So what difference, as Hillary would say, what difference does it make? Fire Fauci. Not only fire Fauci, the guy should be indicted. There needs to be a grand jury seated. And maybe there is. Maybe we don't know about it. Investigating Dr. Fauci and why he has apparently gone around the National Institutes of Health bragging that his gross income for 2020 was, I don't know, eight, nine million dollars. Could you explain that one to me? He's the highest paid dude in government, higher than the president, $400,000 plus, right? And all those benefits. Imagine his golden parachute when he finally does leave government one way or another. 
But the word was that he was bragging that he made a significant amount more than that in 2020. How? How? How does a public servant like that make such a significant amount more? If that's true, if these reports are true. I know what is true. What is true is that Florida has a wonderful climate, a wonderful set of beaches, nice warm water, by the way, versus California. You know, right now, around Naples, the water is like 82, 83, 84 degrees. In California right now, it's 67, 68. <laughs> People ask me why I never learned to surf in Cal. That's why. I know you got wetsuits. Wetsuits are... Ooh. But Florida is a, is a wonderful place to live, despite what California... I'm telling you something. If you don't live in California, you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you in the 49 other states that if you talk about Cal, um, Florida in California to a native Californian, they'll say, oh, it's awful. It's awful in Florida. They have humidity. They have bugs. They have trailer trash. They have this. They have that. It's horrible. You hate it there. Every time I've gone to Florida, I've loved it. And I have been in summer, effectively summer, June. Now, I haven't been to Florida in August. I know it's probably a little more humid, but I saw plenty of rain. And last I checked, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you're a meteorologist, when it rains, it's 100% humidity, isn't it? It's fine. Whoop-de-doo. Rains for 10 minutes, cleans the roads, and off. You're off on your way. Whoop-de-doo. Oh, it rains. Oh, it's a horrible thunderstorm. <laughs> And so my answer to these idiots in California is, you know they got in Florida that they don't have here in California? Freedom, liberty, and a governor who cares about not only his state and his people, but the United States Constitution and everything that the United States Constitution stands for, including national defense. Roll tape. Uh, there was a letter that was recently sent by the governors of Texas and Arizona uh, seeking mutual aid, which we do all the time in, in interest of emergency. These states have sent Florida support when we've responded to emergencies here in our state, and they wanted support so that they could do what the federal government is either unwilling or unable to do, secure the border and protect the people, not just of their states, but of the entire country because of the nationwide impact that has. And so today, we're here to announce that the state of Florida is answering the call. Florida is gonna support Texas and Arizona. Uh, we believe that securing the southern border is important for our country. But specifically, we believe it'll benefit the people of Florida uh, to be able to get this under control. And so where the federal government has failed, the states are stepping up uh, and doing our best to fill the void. All right. So let's compare and contrast, uh, shall we? The Carnival Barker governor in California versus the constitutionalist governor uh, in Florida. You have the constitutionalist governor in Florida sending his guys, his troops, his reinforcements to the border of Texas, 
and apparently of Arizona as well. So you got these two states in, in between. <laughs> you got California. Uh-uh. Ain't going to cooperate with that. And you got New Mexico, which is pretty screwed up from what I understand. So you got Arizona and you have Texas. He's sending reinforcements there because Governor Abbott, and I don't know, is Ducey doing this as well? I, I, he might be. Our, our, at least Abbott is protecting the border, is trying to build a wall. Imagine that. And DeSantis is right. The government is either unable or unwilling. And in this case, unwilling. We were able and we were doing under the 45th president of the United States. But under Joe Bite Me, it's open season along the border. It's incredible down there what's going on on the border and attacking our sovereignty and attacking the basic principles of the United States Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. So DeSantis is doing what the president should be doing, clearly, right? Meantime, in California, the governor there is uh, signing legislation, already has signed legislation, to begin a program of reparations. I'm just picking one. There are so many insane laws emanating and edicts emanating out of California. It is hard to keep up. It's very hard. For example, the governor is uh, erasing all tickets if you're a minority. Um, could you explain that one to me? Again, you got to be a Marxist to think about some, something like that. How do you even come up with a scheme like that? That is reparations, if you think about it, if you're a minority. And what's a minority in California? You know what a minority in California is? A white person. Yeah. <laughs> a white person. And I don't like to look at race and, and skin color and ethnicity. But a white person is a disadvantaged minority in California. But that's, of course, not what he's intending here. When he says minority, he says people of color. And that's insulting, too. I hate that term. What is my color? My skin's pretty dark, isn't it? But I guess I'm a white guy? Does my skin look white to you? I hate this. I hate this. But this is what's going on in California. Reparations. Now, let's think about just this reparations thing in California. They're, they're going to start reparations in California. How many slaveholders live in California? Zero. <laughs> okay. Can we start with a little bit of logic first? How many slaves live in California? Zero. But let's back up in time. When was California admitted to the Union? Well, I know, because I know a little bit of California history. 1849. 49ers. Gold rush and all that, right? Why not? Admit Cal oh, they got a lot of gold. Like, tax it, right? So let's get them in the Union. A few years before, just a few years before the Civil War, California was not even a slave state. It was free. You know, when the Chinese came over here to build the railroad, that's one of the reasons why there's a, a large... Chinese population, Asian overall population, but Chinese in particular, in California. And by the way, a lot of people don't know this. Many of the Chinese decided, a lot of them, by the way, uh, took uh, a liking, I guess, or, or maybe it was near the gold rush. I don't know why, but there were a lot of Chinese that moved to the Yosemite area for some reason. Maybe somebody could explain it to me. But of course, San Francisco has the largest Chinese population outside of Beijing, uh, and we used to have fun with the growing up in San Francisco with the San Francisco phone book and opening it up to like the Wong page, <laughs> the Wong page. <laughs> I 
I won't tell you what we did. But, um, I mean, there were so many Wongs in, and there probably still are in San Francisco. But um, in Southern California, a decent uh, Chinese contingent. But many of the Chinese settled in Tijuana and Mexicali. Again, because that's where the railroad ended, ended at the Pacific Ocean. And you can get some of the best Chinese food in Mexico, in Mexicali or Tijuana. Believe it or not, TJ. Um, but the contingent of Chinese in the state of California is a hard-working, wonderful uh, grouping of, of people. And do they deserve reparations for being maltreated in, uh, when they were building the railroads? I mean, who gets the reparations here? Um, again, California was admitted to the Union just a few years before the Civil War started. It was not a slave state. There was freedom here. And the Chinese are an example of that. They finished the railroad and they were free to do whatever they wanted. Yeah, there was discrimination going on. But my people were discriminated against. The Italians coming over here, the Irish were discriminated against. It's just kind of the way it works. It's, you know, there is discrimination out there and you can't erase it. It's just like racism. You can't erase racism. You can't legislate racism. The hate crime, the entire notion of a hate crime is stupid. When you murder somebody, are you loving them? What is the point of a hate crime? What is worse than the death penalty? We're going to put a hate crime on top of that. <laughs> so, reparations, just in the California perspective, make no sense. On a national level, of course they make no sense. Right? You know, we owe the Indians, the American Indians... Money because we quote stole their land. Well, what all the casinos now? They're they've more than made it back against the white people. But who did the Indians steal the land from? Hmm? We know that the some version of the Chinese were here before the Indians. So shouldn't the Indians be giving the Chinese reparations? This is craziness. It's absolute craziness. But this is life in California. And people are leaving California. This is real. The media will not report it. And if they do report it, they'll say, oh, it's because of climate change. Or because of the Wuhan coronavirus is killing everybody. It's real, folks. Thousands. Thousands of God-fearing, patriotic, constitution-loving, hard-working Americans are fleeing California. And if you don't believe me, go to the Leaving California page on Facebook. It is eye-opening. So my question about is it a good thing for these patriotic Americans to be leaving California, if you look at it from a California perspective, it's daunting. It should be terrifying if you care about the Constitution and your liberty. Why? Because these are productive people who are leaving. Yes, they're also God-fearing and they're also constitution-loving, but they're productive. They're the tax base. So as these Californians leave the once golden state, they're taking with them their tax dollars. 
and there is a negative population growth. I know that's an oxymoron. I don't know how else to put it, but a negative population growth in California. And it's because these patriotic Americans are leaving and they're largely going, of course, largely, not all, but largely going to red states, Tennessee or Idaho or what have you. Some are going to some blue states, but either way, they're getting out of California. And so what does that leave behind? That's why I asked the question, what does that leave behind? Think about it. What does that leave behind in California? If more and more by the thousands, it's quantifiable by the thousands of Californians who care about the Constitution are leaving, that leaves behind people who largely don't care about the Constitution, are ignorant of the Constitution. How else could Gavin Newsom come in there and sweepingly take away the constitutional rights for a year and a half of 40 million Americans if a majority of those people knew the Constitution, they would never let them get away with it, right? So you have people who are ignorant or don't care about the Constitution and or support the Marxist policies emanating from Newsom and the rest of the jokers in Sacramento. That's what it leaves behind. A tax base that, yeah, there are some wealthy liberals out there that are going to sustain the, the flow of money. But what I struggle with as a, for now, taxpaying Californian is knowing that about 35 cents, maybe to 40 cents on my dollar, when I go to Costco and I buy something and they tax it, I know that 35 cents, maybe 40 cents of that tax dollar going to Sacramento is going to the propaganda mill up and down the state, also known as the public schools. K through 12, yes, but also now the community colleges and the UC and the CSU system. They are propaganda mills, ladies and gentlemen, teaching that there are multiple genders teaching that white people are bad. You know, this fight against critical race is not just about, okay, we won't do critical race. You have to be careful because these school boards will say, well, okay, we won't do critical race and they'll still do it. They'll just couch it in another name, in another system. And so these kids are going to come home with homework that says that white people are evil. That's the way it's going to go in California. You know, They have learned in California, if you can't ban guns and take guns away from constitutional Americans, then we'll ban the bullets. So the Marxism is not going to stop in California. And the reason I say this is like a political version, a modern political version of the Vietnam War is because this is these are guerrilla tactics These are anti-constitutional guerrilla tactics that are being executed by this Carnival Barker, Newsom, and and company in Sacramento. It is guerrilla, political guerrilla warfare. And the GOP in California is fighting a conventional war. So it's, it's Vietnam all over again. Trying to fight this conventional war that doesn't exist. They're fighting a guerrilla war and they're winning. And so when I speak to people in California... Uh, Republicans. I tell them, you have got to stop doing what you're doing and think outside 
the box because you are defining insanity. You are doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And look where it's gotten you. John Cox? Come on. Is he electable? Comes out there with a bear? It's not even a golden bear. You know, the California flag has a golden bear on it. He comes out with a Zodiac bear. (laughs) California's off the constitutional rails, ladies and gentlemen. And it is a war. And it is not a winnable war, just like the Vietnam War, unless we are willing to fight it that way and also willing to take mass casualties along the way. That's how California gets repaired. And I have a page on my website, Fix California, uh, that is, I believe, the only method. I, I, you know, I've heard other people say, well, we can do this. Okay. We can elect good people to California. Okay. Yeah. Good luck on that. How, how's that turned out for you the last 20 years? If California is fixable, it's got to be in a structural way, like on the federal level, term limits. If we had term limits, poof, we could wave a magic wand and they would be retroactive. Nancy Pelosi would be gone in one year. That is structural, permanent structural change. That's what's needed uh, in California. It's a Vietnam War. It's a Vietnam-type war, politically speaking. And the GOP in California has got to wake up and realize that the current leadership they have right now is not going to fight that political Vietnam War. California versus Florida. Very simply, it is tyranny on the California side versus liberty on the Florida side. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right!